So, welcome again to Punks on the Pitch podcast, uh, a show where uh, alternative music meets the beautiful game. Um, we had a, a well a Monday off, but again, another absolutely wild weekend in the Premier League of goals galore and whatever. But we're kind of having a bit of a, a relaxed week this week because we've got international break. But I still wanted to get an episode out, still wanted to chat football with someone. And that someone is... A literal football master, which we'll get into a little bit later, but he's also a guitarist of Realm of, Realm of Torment, Johnny Pipes. Johnny, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I'm not bad, thanks. I'm nearly a master. I got two weeks, two weeks until I like uh, officially, I'm, officially I'm, get my grades. Okay, or all right. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit ahead of it, but yeah. Um, I'll take we'll, it. We'll talk about that now. So for for people that don't know, Johnny is doing a master's in. Is it in like in coaching? Yeah, the course is, was called performance football coaching. Right. So, cool. Yeah. So. Talk us, talk a bit about it. Like, what what does that entail? So the course itself is like, so it's with um, St Mary's University in Twickenham. So it's not actually in right. Southampton, um, but it's like the first of its kind of like distance learning. So yeah. in terms of the course itself, all the lectures are like pre-recorded, so you get like um, a presentation for whatever it is, and then they all have like sound bites on kind of thing, right, and then they'll okay. basically give us like journals to read like podcasts to listen to we'd have like discussion forums that we had to use like every single week kind of thing yeah um, like with football uni courses have come quite a big thing and in like recent last few years like masters like specifically for football because there's like ba degrees like my ba is just in like football studies which was kind of like um coaching fitness psychology like there's kind of like all the avenues you could like go down depending on what you're interested yeah, yeah. in but now there's like a lot of like masters, like specific ones for like performance coaching for like people who want to go into like it professionally, like in the academy game, or if they want to like start like a organization where they do like football camps kind of thing. That makes sense. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I've been doing it like two and just under two and a half years. Um, yeah. Finished it last week. So glad to be done. Basically. <laughs> How did you find it kind of like doing the kind of like remote learning side of it? I preferred it to when I had to go in. It was okay. The first year was hard. I think my, my workload the first year year was more than the second. It was a bit more spread out in the second year. First year I basically had for the entire year like two modules running like next to each other the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So then obviously I'm working full time, coming home, um, doing work like every evening, literally reading journals and presentations till like, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. God, fucking hell. And then I've also got like band stuff. So whenever Realm's <laughs> doing something. Yeah. And then I was also like that, that first year I was coaching um, like Eastly under 16s. So right, okay. I also had that for like, uh, we train one night a week and we'd have games on Sunday mornings, I think it was. So that's like that half, yeah, half yeah. of that day gone. So fitting in was hard, but I think like actually doing it, I quite liked it. It's quite similar to working from home, really, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, as you say, kind of like with band stuff, how I've kind of been opening up is before we get into the the football chat, it's like, have you been listening to any any good music in the past couple of weeks or anything? Yes. Oh, let me look on my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I just play everything on Spotify. Um, what have we got? So my recent searches is, it's all been like, 
the last like week or so, I haven't listened to like any soft music really. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I normally I have like quite a mixed music taste, I think. Um, but it's mainly been like metalcore, deathcore. I've been listening to Born of Osiris, All Shall Perish, Everett, Eternal Lord, Turmoil. God, Eternal Lord, yes. fucking hell, I haven't listened to that band in ages. They're in like <laughs> my top three UK bands of all time. Yeah, um, yeah. We actually record with their drummer as well when we record. Oh, really? Like their old drummer when they're a thing. Yeah. Um, August Burns Red and Cruelty. That's what my Spotify, nice. my Spotify says at the minute. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a pretty heavy going yeah. playlist. There's not been like too much new music that I've grabbed really. I don't know. Yeah. When I listen to newer music, it's normally like softer things for me these days. I get more into like softer alternate new music rather than like heavy new music, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think um, like I kind of go through like phases of it. Like obviously like part of, like what I do in general with like my other job is like, obviously I have to listen to new music and stuff, but yeah, I kind of, if I go through like a phase of like listening to like more sort of like twinkly stuff, but then I'll get bored of that and I'll want something that's just like really heavy and abrasive just to kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah. For me, I think it like goes with my mood as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm feeling a bit, I don't know. I don't know. If there's stuff going on, I'm just like feeling shit. I'll probably put something a bit more sad on. When I'm when I'm not when I'm if I've not <laughs> yeah. got like a up or down mood, it normally just like standard. I'm just gonna listen to something heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um and I've got to admit, I'm a little reluctant to kind of have you on this podcast in, in <laughs> some aspects because you are a Southampton fan <laughs> and me being a being a Portsmouth fan. So but obviously like I know obviously you didn't grow up in Southampton, like you moved here and stuff. So yeah. was it kind of like was that how you kind of got into Southampton was just kind of moving to the city and kind of getting involved that way? Yeah. So I'm from High Wycombe. That's why yeah. I support Wycombe Wanderers as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I pretty much like adopted Southampton since I moved here because um, yeah, yeah. when I was a kid, I lived in Wycombe and it was back in the days. I used to go watch Wycombe quite a lot. And it was when um the ball would be like literally above the roof of the stadium for like <laughs> yeah. 75% of the game. So I was always like, I always went and watched them, but I was like, I hate Wickham. Like I hate supporting <laughs> them because this isn't football. So I went through phases when I was a kid of like supporting Chelsea and Arsenal and United. And then yeah, when I got yeah. older, I was like, that doesn't really make sense. Then I moved here. I've got quite a big connection with Southampton. So I pretty much just like follow Southampton really. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> so like for you, because obviously like, with in realm and other like bands you've been in you've done various tours and stuff but like i always remember like seeing you at shows and stuff like wearing like football shirts and stuff (laughs) and i think like you were one of the like only other people that i really kind of knew that was like openly into football and stuff especially like in sort of like portsmouth southampton scene sort of stuff so for you where does that kind of crossover of like alternative music and football kind of come into things do you kind of are they do you treat them separately or or is there a crossover for you i think they're more similar now i don't think they were like so i moved to Southampton like it's literally like 10 years ago now yeah um, i think when i first came i didn't really know that many people but even though i didn't know that many people i think like generally like hardcore and metal and just underground stuff people didn't really talk about football or it was never like a yeah, thing yeah. and it's become more of like normalized um yeah like I did a podcast for my one with um the this is color vocalist and he's like a Tottenham fan, and he was yeah. he was talking about how he thinks that hardcore 
and like football really similar in terms of like the tribalism aspects and like yeah, but, people, but people like never really like consider it or think about that i think people who aren't into football they just think oh overpaid prima donnas and stuff but then there's like there is <laughs> yeah. quite a lot of similarities i think which i've never really yeah. thought about until like recently yeah i think i'm very much the same like i think when i kind of had the idea to obviously do this show but just kind of like thinking like seeing more people kind of like on the internet posting about like the teams that they supported but like on the surface you wouldn't necessarily think that they're into football kind of thing and it's just sort of like it is that kind of tribalism but it's also it's almost kind of like how hardcore is its own little community within like the wider alternative music scene like there's almost kind of like this group of like punk football fans that's kind of created its own little bubble as well which i really like yeah i think one of your other guests said about that as well i can't remember which one it was but he said about like the tribalism kind of thing and i think yeah, yeah. I think what's helped as well is um like the whole football's come become like slightly more politically aware and stuff and like socially aware like you've got yeah. you've got like some teams like i don't know forest green like the whole vegan thing st pauli you've got like Cla- yeah. clapton who's a team in london who's like about like lgbt and stuff um so i think yeah. where there's more teams like that people who are maybe like less footbally inclined might be like oh some football's actually all right i can like pay attention to it yeah and i think it's quite interesting like in the last couple of weeks i've seen in the states considering like like as they i know it's it, soccer is, that, is... Is, this, is this about that um thing i literally saw the other day there's like a whole like landon donovan's team is it that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's um san diego i can't remember what their actual thing is but their whole like ethos is like fuck racism fuck like homophobia and stuff like this and one of their players basically got like homophobic abuse on the pitch so they just walked off kind of thing and landon donovan who's their manager but also like co-owner or something like that is which is a bit weird but he like came out after the game and was just basically like no we're not going to stand for this whatsoever like if this continues like we just won't play football sort of thing yeah which i think for this like considering like soccer's not like the biggest sport in like it's bigger than it used to be but it's still not like on nfl levels kind of thing but it goes to show like in the states they're kind of doing the right way of doing it because there's again there's a team in philadelphia like they're not in the mls but they're I don't know what their yeah. equivalent of kind of like non-league is, but they like at the beginning of this campaign released um, like uh, a kit that was the color of the um, trans flag. Mm. And they were just basically like just pushing that to the moon. Like this is what this club is all about, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's obviously like the game has become a lot more like politically diverse, which I think is good. It's also weird though. Cause like when you think about it, one thing happened, they went on it like straight away. Like, I grew up watching like La Liga, like Barcelona. I'd religiously watch like every Barcelona game just because I like love watching mm. them play. Um, but yeah. so many things happened like racism wise with them. Like when Danny Alves was playing for them, Samuel Eto, like fucking like bananas being like thrown on the pitch. It yeah, would be like yeah. talked about and no one would do anything. Like, no one would do anything. <laughs> it's, and and yeah. it just, like, goes, still goes on even like when England go to like Eastern European countries. Yeah, you get like the monkey chants and all that shit. And yeah, but 
I guess like in the grander scheme of things, you just kind of hope that people will take note of quote unquote, the smaller clubs doing something and then maybe bring it into the, the wider game. I hope. Yeah. It's got to start somewhere, I guess. And then, cause I saw yeah. it on Twitter. So it looked probably yeah, same. People yeah, seeing yeah. It on Twitter. So more people see it then hopefully yeah, yeah. one day people do stuff over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we kind of get into like the meat and veg, do you want to kind of talk about your two teams? So as you say, Southampton and, and Wickham Wanderers, and obviously we picked Wickham Wanderers as our When you our announced it, I was like, follow. what's the odds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll start kind of with that. Like in terms of them like being in the championship of the first year, it's it's been a difficult start for them. But like, I don't know, can you see them kind of turning things around? Like I know they... Signed a defender recently, like, got a guy from Leicester on loan to kind of bolster the defence. But I don't know, do you see it being a tricky season for the whole season for them? As soon as they beat Oxford, I said they're going to go down anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they'll go down. I watched because obviously the games aren't normally televised, can only see highlights. So I've watched, yeah. I pre- think I've seen all the games that they played so far, the highlights, but like, they're just not good enough, basically. Like, there's, yeah. there's things you can coach some things, you can like get, make some things better. But like at the end of the day, they're like adult footballers. There's only like a certain yeah. degree, like individually, like quality wise, that you probably make them better players. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think they're like up to it, up to that level. Um, I don't really know much about the championship though. So there might be some other bad teams at the bottom. So yeah. if they get some results against them, never know. They could scrape it. But yeah, I think they'll get That's down. the thing. <laughs> it's such a, like, a tough league now because obviously like it's almost like a Premier League Mark II sort of thing in there and it's just yeah getting that like yeah if you haven't got the either the strength and depth or the quality of player it's it's going to be quite glaringly obvious sort of thing yeah well they lost they lost 2-0 to Swansea Swansea were only in the Premiership a couple of years ago or something yeah like they still got like IU playing for them and like even though yeah, it was only yeah. 2-0 you could like see you could see the difference like well it was like the the Blackburn result where it's like 5-0 yeah <laughs> Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like, I haven't like really thought about Blackburn in years, like since the years that Pompey were playing them in the Championship. But even before that, like when they got kind of relegated from the Premier League, like Blackburn were a team that kind of just like blipped off my radar, sort yeah. of thing. So for them to win five 0 it's like a Blackburn a good team or just Wickham that that poor sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, even the final. So the the playoff final with Oxford, I was like coaching until like half time. And then yeah. when I was walking home, I was like watching it on my phone, just like walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. and what they were saying though, um, apparently in the first half, Wickham were doing pretty well. And then in the second half, when I watched it, Oxford should have won. Like no doubt yeah. Oxford should have won. They're a better team. Um, so even just from like watching that, I thought they'll struggle. So yeah, yeah. I can't even, see, I don't know. Depends if they maybe got some really good players in, but it's probably not that likely as everyone knows they're yeah. one of the lower teams. Yeah, that's fair enough. And then in regards with like Southampton, I think, I don't know, they've kind of been like a quiet sort of building team at the moment. Like I think everyone obviously points to the absolute drubbing to Leicester last season and like how they've kind of turned things around since then. But like, I guess so first and foremost, what's your kind of view on Halston, who's always a, as a manager? Do you like him? Yeah, I've liked him since he's come in. Um, I think since he's come in like points per game kind of thing compared to where they were when he started 
if like the season restarted when he joined, they'd always be in like the top half of the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was watching some of the highlights of the games I hadn't seen earlier, just to catch up. Um, and they were saying Southampton are the team who have lost the most points after being in the lead. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that like sums up how I think about them as well. They've always just had like, a bit of a dodgy defence and not been a very, yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, like a stern team that's going to like dig in when it, when it gets really tough and like they're going to like make it happen even if they're not playing well kind of thing. Yeah, and I think, like, personal bias aside <laughs> kind of thing, I think I've always been a fan of, like, Shane Long as a footballer, but obviously I think he's kind of... He's gone. <laughs> yeah, and, like, obviously I think without kind of Danny Ings, there's not really a whole lot to their attack. No. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, reliance on him, which, like, is understandable, but obviously if he gets injured or if his season goes well again, then a quote-unquote bigger club could come in for him again or something like yeah. that. It's, yeah, I like... I don't know, it just kind of feels a bit of a stopgap for him in some aspects. Yeah, I really like Ward-Prowse. Like, I love Ward-Prowse. Armstrong, yeah. Armstrong's been good in all the games I've seen, but then like the attacking like wide kind of players and backup strikers haven't got anything. Like, yeah, yeah. Bufau will make like a sick run once every 10 games or something. And then Redmond's like really hit and miss. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not good. And it's just like, yeah, they just haven't got enough enough of like squad strength or like first team 11 strength, I guess, kind of thing. They yeah, got Walcott. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have never really liked Walcott really personally, even like Arsenal. And stuff okay. I've always just thought people say he's like good, but all I've ever seen him do is just run fast <laughs> like, and score, score some goals now and then, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was when we because obviously we're going to talk about transfers, but we'll touch upon it now because I was going to ask about Walcott because obviously he started his career with Southampton and now it's obviously kind of back yeah. there kind of thing. But so I don't know, are you are you not really excited to have him back or personally? No, just I've never really liked him as a player. He's, he's just not my kind <laughs> yeah. of like player. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I think maybe because when he was younger, he was like it was like the classic this new English young player kind of thing. And then yeah, whenever yeah. I saw him, he's, he was just like, I don't know, nothing that I thought was spectacular when I've seen him play. I always thought, wow, he's really quick and he scores a few goals now and then. But yeah. in terms of his like actual general kind of play on the pitch, I've never been like, yeah, I'd, love, I'd have him, him in my team. Although, yeah, although as he's been there, he might be really good like experience-wise because he's like kind of like what the club is in a sense as well. So he can might be able yeah, to like yeah. rally some of the younger, inexperienced or foreign players a bit more. Yeah, and I I I totally agree with you because I I think when he kind of first burst onto the scene, like literally like his pace was kind of his selling point kind of thing. And obviously, like if you think like when he was getting like all the England hype and stuff, like that's kind of how the game was played. Like you relied Mm. on like because like if you think it was like Thierry Henry was still like playing, Mm. and it was all about that like bursting down the wing, Crosses, cutting in yeah. and having a pop yeah. sort of thing, yeah. Whereas now, obviously, the game's evolved to be a lot more kind of, like, creative and a lot more passing. And yeah. I think it doesn't necessarily suit his game, but as you say, like, with him going back to, like, the club that he started at, it could be kind of like that senior figure role where, obviously, he'll get minutes on the pitch kind of thing, but he might... His role might change to where he was kind of just being like an attacking winger. Yeah. But I guess time will time will tell. Plus, even if he's not that good, he 
probably better than what they do have on the wing at the minute. So <laughs> yeah. either way, it's pro- that's probably good regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, bef- before we kind of get into transfer talk in deep, of how I always kind of ask is regarding teams. So you kind of can have two bites of the cherry with this, where you've got <laughs> two teams. But like, is there any kind of players like past or present that you kind of think embody like the punk ethos within either Southampton or Wickham? Wickham, I reckon. Don't know if you would have heard of him. Uh, there was a guy who used to play for them, like I don't know, three, four, five seasons. He was there called Sergio Torres. Okay. He was Argentinian, like a midfielder. They like, if he's like Argentinian, but he's like lives in England. So he's like, I think he's like yeah. born there and like lives here. And they got him from like a, I, this might be wrong, but I feel like when I looked him up, they got him from like a low league team. Yeah. And, and this is when they're, they're in like League Two kind of thing. So he's like came out of nowhere and then was just like in games. He got such good technique being from Argentina. So he'd be like just dribbling around people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And just like not passing when he should sometimes and not really caring <laughs> like about yeah. what the right thing is to do like now and then. But he'd like get everyone excited in the crowd because they'd be like, wow, we're playing like this level, but we've got this this one really technical player kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I just remember when I was watching him, I was like, this is like a Wiccan player I can like get behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Southampton, I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe Romeo, because Romeo's a hard yeah. man. Yeah. Just because like, he, yeah. he just goes in, doesn't he? He looks like he's yeah. doing a few fights <laughs> yeah. as well. He's kind of like the yeah. uh, the uh, like black and white punk, like zine kind of side. Just like you don't mess with him. <laughs> Could see him in like yeah. st- studded belt on and like high high jeans and a cut off vest like tucked into his jeans. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but yeah, obviously we had the the close well, the closing of the Premier League transfer window. The domestic one's still open for a few more days. But I don't know, there was like some some kind of big name moves, not as like I guess we're not having the, the Harry Redknapp leaning out the car window <laughs> stereotype anymore. But were there any kind of names that that kind of took your, your interest? Like I mean like Edison Cavani is the obvious one, but was there anything else that kind of stood out to you? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, what do you think about Cavani? Because I've seen so many United fans saying they don't want him. Like, have they ever watched him play football? <laughs> have they ever watched him play football? Like, I, I mean, I just think it's like because of he's a bit older and things like that, and where you've kind of United have got this like younger kind of attacking line. I don't know. I guess he does fit in, but. And I guess because he's on a free as well, like why not have yeah. him? Like it just like they got yeah. they got him for free. People were saying last year they haven't got a definite striker. They're trying Martial there. He'd beat like three players and he'd miss like most of his shots. Like, yeah, yeah. Just get the ball to Cavani around the area. Eighty percent of the time he's probably going to score. It's like even if he's old, kind of like when they got Henry Larson like back in the day. It's like that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Old player, but he's he's played football all his life. Like how old yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. it going to stop him being able to kick it in the goal? Like the way that he's always done. That's how I kind of view it. I think. See, I think like being a fl- like uh, playing devil's advocate kind of thing. I guess the only thing I could kind of think is that United fans might think it's going to be like a Falcao kind of situation. That's like, what I've seen. You've got yeah. this <laughs> this big name in, and he's just not going to do anything, kind of thing. And they're annoyed that he's got the number seven as well. Yeah, and like. Obviously, at the moment, Solskjaer's got 
like his critics and stuff is like is he going to be able to manage such like a high profile player yeah like i guess he's kind of got drogba playing not drogba pogba playing like decent football again but he's still like an anomaly at united so it's like does Solskjaer have the the chops to sort of manage him or something like that it's yeah it's a it's a I mean, it's a big name signing, but it'll be interesting to see how it pays off. Yeah, I think it'll just be held down to how the general team does. If the team plays shit, it won't, it won't matter who's there. If they're playing well, he'll get chances and he'll score them, I think. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, they've got the, the play, like, obviously, Bruno Fernandes. Like, we haven't really seen Donny van der Beek yet, mm. but like Rashford and Greenwood, they're all players that can create and supply. So yeah, yeah if if you've got a proven goal scorer in Cavani, like as you say, just like lurking around the box, give him give him ten ch- chances on goal, he's going to at least get fifty percent of those yeah. on target. So yeah. Um, yeah, the other ones I've found, I've wrote a short list. Um, Loftus Cheek went to Fulham on loan. Yeah, like which I think day. is quite. And Fulham, I can't remember who it was, whoever they played like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, was one of the worst defensive displays I've like ever seen in the Premiership. It yeah, was yeah. so bad. Well, there's, uh, <sighs> their chairman came, well, their well, co-chairman. It was after that game, out, I think. Was, yeah, he was sort of like, sorry, we're not signing defenders. And then they go oh, and sign a striker. <laughs> it was awful. Like every every set play, every cross, every through ball, their defence would just be like sat there. And there'd be like three yeah. three runners through. No one would even like try and follow them. It was so bad. Yeah, they need defense. They bought two other guys. I don't know who they are though. They might be. Defenders. I was going to say. I, I know, know they were kind of they were kind of active in. Uh, so it's Jurcham Anderson, who's from Leon, who I don't really know much about, and a guy from City whose name I'm not even going to attempt to say. <laughs> but that's so. There's two two loans. And then this guy from City for an undisclosed fee. So yeah. obviously Scott Parker's kind of bolstered the team. But again, like it's like last time Fulham were up, they bought all these players in and just didn't do anything of note. And like I've kind of got a soft spot for Scott Parker. Like I think he's got the potential to be like uh like an Eddie Howe or yeah. a Sean Dyche kind of style manager. I just think he's at the wrong team. Yeah. Also, though, saying about buying players, like at the end of the day, the, the game doesn't change from if they're in the championship or the premiership. Like, regardless of if the players they're playing are better or quicker or whatever, like they should still be able to track a man's run at like the, the <laughs> yeah. age and level they're playing at. So, like, they shouldn't really need to buy players to like correct the errors that were happening, if that makes sense. But I think yeah, Lof- yeah. Loftus Cheek will be good. I've always liked Fulham in attack. So in attack, I think they're decent. It's just like the back half of the pitch from what I've seen this season anyway. Yeah, because I, I remember like from that first game of the season against Arsenal, like I remember seeing Fulham fans already sort of getting on the back of like their defence and stuff. And I, I remember I had like a Twitter exchange with one of their fans and they were basically like, our defence is a mediocre championship defence. <laughs> so I was like, that kind of sums it up really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one I've got it's kind of like a swap so I thought Jota going to Liverpool he's been good already but like yeah. 
I don't know why Shakiri stays at Liverpool. I mean, when I don't know why he joined. I I think Shakiri is so good. I think he's such a good player. Yeah, I do. Like, he's just I wasted. Think he's really good. Like it's kind of like like Bale going to Real Madrid to me. He's wasted himself. Like Shakiri, I think, has wasted himself. He could go to like any top half Premiership team. Like, yeah. If he went to Everton, that would be perfect. Even though he couldn't go from Liverpool to Everton, but like if he if he <laughs> if he joined Everton with like their other signings, I think he'd be amazing. I think he's such a good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I think like to, on Everton, like obviously they got um, Ben Godfrey to kind of bolster their defense as well. But I think like Ancelotti's silently, like quietly doing a really good job there and building a really strong team there, and. I know we're kind of early in the season, but there are people that are saying they could be content, not like for the title, but at least pushing for like Europa League as a minimum sort of thing. So I don't know. How Do you think that they've kind of got a decent push in them? I, I said in our group chat the other day, I was like, what's the odds I could get if I put a fiver on Everton to win the league? Because they've, so, <laughs> they've been so good so far. Like Rodriguez has been on fire. Um yeah. Uh, Lewis, Lewin, Lewis, Lewin, Calvert-Lewin. He's been good. Calvert-Lewin, yeah. After those first few games, I got him in my fantasy team. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, sw- I swapped him with Rodriguez just because he's a bit cheaper. Um, not Jimenez, not Rodriguez. Um, yeah, Everton been good. Dinia's been really, really good. I remember when he went to Barcelona, I was like, I don't think he's a Barcelona-level player. And I don't think yeah, he did yeah. that well there. But like the last year or so at Everton, he's been like really good. So like, yeah. they could do well, especially with if Liverpool and City are going to, con- mainly if City are going to continue being shit. Um, yeah. They, they could creep up into the top four. I wouldn't put it past anything. I wouldn't say, yes, they're, they're going to finish there, but like, obviously they've got to carry on playing how they are, but they've got, they've got it there if they carry on to like, potentially. Yeah. And I think like, we've already seen this season's going to be, I think, absolutely crazy. So yeah. And we, you could have another Leicester situation, but yeah. I guess we'll just like again time will tell. Um before we kind of move on to like international football at the moment cuz uh obviously that's what we've got coming up this weekend but kind of sticking with the transfers and also segueing into Arsenal. Uh they bought Thomas Partey, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I've probably butchered that completely from Atletico Madrid for 45 million pounds. Mm. The reason I kind of like I'm emphasizing the the price tag is because of like the thing that I sent you that I wanted to talk about was this kind of nice hearted article that's kind of come out about all the redundancies that are being made at Arsenal at the moment. And one of which has been their famous uh, match day mascot, Gunnosaurus, who the guy's real name completely escapes me like, now. I had a look earlier, it's like Jakey or something like that. Yeah. But he's been made redundant from the club for like after 27 years. And like, we'll get into like the, the nice side of it in a moment. But I thought it's quite interesting that like clubs are saying, oh, we're having to make all these in house redundancies because of COVID. Then they're spending £45 million on a defender. Yeah. It's like, it's a bit kind of contradicts itself kind of thing. Yeah. Well, one mad thing I've seen like about the transfer itself was, um, like I think Arsenal tried to buy him initially and Atletico Madrid were like, nah. And then like an hour before the window shut, like Arsenal went to like the league or whoever they have to pay money to with like a check or however they pay being like, here's his release clause. And they're basically like, so you can buy him now. But Atletico Madrid like had no idea that they were like 
Oh shit, to I didn't realise that. So like, here's his release clause kind of thing. Let's have him, basically. And then oh, he, seems to have, like, he seems to have had like a falling out with Atletico Madrid, like management, um, like board kind of thing, I think, which is pretty yeah. crazy. So it took like one hour for that to happen. And because of that, then the mascot from Arsenal's gone, if it is because of that. Yeah, yeah. But like, obviously the thing that's come out is that Meza Ozil, who uh, it's, it's a weird situation with him himself. Like he's a player that's still on Arsenal's books. Yeah. He's earning around... 350,000 a week but is like never playing but he's kind of come out and said because like Gunnosaurus is such like a uh, part of the the Arsenal family and for as long as like he's at the club he's basically going to like subsidize this guy's salary so he can continue on his job so like I've seen a few people being quite cynical about this, but like, what's your view? Do you just think it's a nice gesture, or um, is there a bit more to it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you ever know if, what what he means by it at all, because I don't really know. I saw some people saying that yeah, he means goodbye. He's just doing it for the guy. But then also people saying, yeah. like you were saying, like he's got issues with the club, so maybe he's doing it to try and make swing the fans around to kind of be like, oh, do what Ozil was saying. And then if they go against <laughs> it, they're going to look like bad guys kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think more than anything, it kind of shows like how messed up the like top end of football is money-wise. Because if you consider it, I saw like Paul Merson, I think it's Paul Merson saying that he like apparently heard at some point he's on like 80 grand a year, this mascot guy. Whether that's true or not, I Ooh. don't know. Even if he is, even <laughs> yeah. if he is, for example though, how many people at Arsenal are earning a lot of money from like the players to the staff, to the coaching staff, management, the board, ETC, how many people would it take to just take one grand out of like a week's wages to then, yeah. let's say two or three grand each out of a week's wages and that would pay that would pay for his yearly salary. That's yeah. It. That's it. Just like something like that. But it's like, yeah, nah, we'll just get rid of him. It's easier than just taking like a two grand from individual people. Yeah, it's just the whole like, because... I've spoken about this before, like the whole like money in football thing is just like fucking backwards. And I think it's something, especially like where we're going through this like pandemic and stuff. I think it's definitely something that needs to be scrutinized and looked at more. And like, like I love like, again, because Portsmouth for one, but like you've, we've kind of seen it work in like places like St. Pauli, like Lewis in the lower league, like option, like the idea of like a community run club, like, even like as you mentioned, like Forest Green earlier, with like the whole kind of like that's, that's what I'm vegans. wearing. As well. <laughs> there you go, like the whole like vegan like community base of it. Okay, it's like on a smaller scale, but surely like bigger clubs can kind of use that and adapt that and make things more ethical on the financial side. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like hoping for a pipe dream thing that's never going to happen, kind of thing. I think a lot of it's just where. A lot of the owners these days are just like random business people, aren't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. Essentially, that's where like a lot of Man United's problems have come from. The fact that their owners are like, they're not football people, <laughs> like they're business people. Yeah. So like, that's all just wet. So if the, if the people who own your club, that's what they're thinking about. Eventually, it's going to like knock down and just, yeah, it's not, it's, all the money's just going to like keep going up rather than if they've got spare money that they don't really need it going into like other areas, not necessarily like supporting other teams or just 
just going down to like grassroots level and just like projects and stuff. Just like, yeah, not, not going to happen. I totally agree. It's, no, it's that's the thing. Like, it should be something that happens, but it it probably won't. I feel like because I think most people think a lot of money being in like football is like a bad thing. I think it's like I think it is should be there for those who are like working and like earning it. Like, say the players who are like superstars or people who are like doing yeah. their job really well to a level where yeah maybe they should get paid this much because they're really good at it. Whether it be like coaches, players, whatever, physios, anything. Maybe like they like worth it, and because you can't find that many people like it, or like you just want that person because you really like what they do, whether it be a player or coach, manager, whatever. But then at the same yeah. time, it shouldn't go past like a certain level kind of thing, like like, yeah, like a certain yeah, like yeah. cap or whatever you want to like. Call yeah, because that's like I know it's a little bit different in the NFL, but like they've got like obviously like a wage cap and things like that, and obviously they've started introducing a wage cap in. Uh, leagues one, leagues two, and I think the championship as well. But there's still silly money being thrown around, and I don't think that's ever going to go away anytime soon. No, but no, but yeah, more clubs, more of the small clubs will disappear slowly. Maybe that's yeah. what it, maybe that's what it will take for FA to be like, oh shit, maybe we're only going to have five teams, <laughs> five teams left soon. We should probably do something. Yeah, but um, obviously we're kind of away from club football in some aspects this weekend we've got a, an international break obviously we kind of at the very beginning of the season we saw some of the games with the nation nations league and stuff like that and i don't know like people seem to be getting quite disheartened with international football at the moment and a lot of people were saying especially with the like this friendly against wales like it's an unnecessary fixture in what's already like going to be a condensed and compact season so, like, what's your view on, on in international football? Do you like it? Like, has your kind of interest waned in it? Like, I, yeah, where do you kind of stand with it? I like watching international football. I don't like watching England play. Like, watching England <laughs> yeah. play is, like, one of the most frustrating things in the world. Yeah, like, yeah. For me as well, when I watch football, um, these days it's a lot less from, like, a fan perspective. Like, I'm more, right. like, always looking at it, like, coaching-wise. So I like look at yeah, what a team's take, doing. It's taken from a critical view, kind of. Yeah, but I've kind of always done that anyway because I've always been interested in coaching and stuff. Um, but like the same problems with England has been the same thing for like years and years and years and years, and like never changes. Yeah. Like when England are playing top half of the pitch, whoever's got the ball, everyone's kind of like stood there like watching them. There's no like movement, creativity, or anything. Then you see like Spain play Brazil. There's like rotations going on, little overlaps, just everything. So yeah, I just hate watching England. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, I like international football. I can see why people should say it shouldn't be going on at the minute. Probably makes sense that yeah. it doesn't. Like, we, what's the need to give a country a trophy to say you're the best at this at the minute? There's no need. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's like, I understand. Like, obviously, with the Euros being like rescheduled, that obviously like international coaches want to have like some kind of like stability and kind of get some kind of rhythm within their squad. But like with the nation's league kind of going on, yeah, it's a trophy that's up for grabs and stuff. But I think because the Euros got postponed, I think they maybe could have just sacked it off for for yeah. a little while and just kind of let the Euros run its course. I don't know. That's just my view. Or they're like desperate 
to have football, just have some like friendlies. Like if you want to yeah. keep if you want to keep the international teams busy, so that you're still looking at new players, trying to work out what you're going to do with your squad. Like just have friendlies if you like really want to do something. Like yeah, otherwise but, like, Christmas know. time or whatever, people are going to be even more burned out because they've only had however many weeks rest in between last season and this season, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the that's the worry. Like it's cool because we're kind of seeing players that I would have liked to have seen get called up, like Jack Grealish, like Calvert-Lewin and stuff like that, who I think under quote-unquote normal circumstances maybe not have been given a nod, are kind of getting a chance to feel out like being in an England squad. But there's that danger of them then kind of getting burnt out and maybe ruining their league season. Yeah. It's just like... Although, on the other hand, I think it's also been good to kind of see which of the younger players are idiots. Greenwood, Greenwood, <laughs> yeah. Foden, Abraham, Chilwell, and whoever the other player was the other day. Like, yeah, yeah. You can see who's just not fucking with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This thing's been going on for like seven months and all over the newspapers. Greenwood and Foden did whatever they did, and it was all over the media. And then these three other players have just gone and done the same thing. Do they say like, same? What's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> is Edison Cavani? Would you be happy with that? Is he? Is he the answer to United's problems, Gary? Oh, they need a striker. They need a forward. Um, I think my emotion yesterday when I heard about it was the feeling that I probably had when Falcao signed and Ibrahimovic signed, Regalo signed. It's very last. So yeah, uh, each week we're asking our guests to to bring together to the table either like a non-league team or a lesser-known team to kind of shine a light on. Um, but I'm going to give Johnny the floor on this one to kind of talk about what he does in a coaching capacity and the team that he, he coaches. So, Johnny, who who's your your coaching team and sort of what are they kind of up to at the moment? So I coach a team called, it's a weird name, it's called Following Sports, um, and the yeah. team, team's in handball, and the first team plays in the Wessex Division 1. Um, yeah, got relegated from the pardon me Premier League like three years ago, I think. So yeah. at the minute it's kind of like a it's a very very results driven at the minute because the club's really trying to get back up basically. We had yeah. a, so I've been here basically since pre season. Um, I'm I like head coach of the reserve team, and then I'm like a coach with the first team. But there's like a manager, manager's kind of like the person in charge of everything. So I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, me to do a session on this kind of thing. I'll do that if he wants to. He does quite a lot of stuff where we'll take like the attackers or like a couple midfielders or a couple defenders, and then we'll say, you take the rest of the players and I want you to do this with them kind of thing. Um, yeah, though, with like finishing my masters in start of pre season, I was doing quite a lot with the first team, and then where I got busier, I had to like leave it a bit so I wasn't like overcooking myself for like my last bits yeah. of work um, but now I'm finished I think like tomorrow I should be hopefully be going back to like doing the first team again which should be good yeah, um, yeah we've had a good start to the season talking about the first team mainly because that's like the most important bit um, first team won like all of the games pre-season but one I think and then yeah. I want to say it's played five games in the season so far won three lost two Got a really good team with two nil up, two nil up on the weekend and lost four two though. Oh shit! Yeah, not good. Um, yeah, and the manager of the first team is 
a very like old school English guy. Okay. So you, you can imagine what the team talk was like after the game. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, he's a nice guy. He's just very aggressive, like football wise, as like a manager. Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking swearing all the time when it's going shit. Even if even if we're playing well, <laughs> if playing well and winning, there was one game in preseason they won like two nil, three nil, and he was like not happy with the way the team played, so he was just like screaming at them. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, but it's good though. Like in terms of like your kind of like coaching role, like I always find it interesting, especially like with not like lower league and non league teams, because I used I think I've like I've seen Fulham sport a few times because. They played. Um, they played in the same league as like Fareham Town and yeah. AFC Porchester, which are like my local teams to here. So I used to, like when I went to non-league a few like more often. They were a team that I saw quite a bit, and I think like I don't know. I always find like with non-league, like you can find like the odd sort of like little gem player and stuff. So, but like for you, like from a coaching perspective, I don't want to kind of put you on the spot sort of thing. Yeah, but that's all right. Do you, do you kind of get that experience where like you're with someone and you're like, you should definitely be playing at a higher level than you are kind of thing? In terms of like in general or like with the team I'm with now or? Yeah, yeah. Just, well, yeah, a bit of both to be honest. Um, so this is my first experience like coaching in like the Wessex League. Um, yeah. I've probably coached players when I've been, that I've been unaware of have probably like played in the league kind of thing. Um yeah so i'm not sure in terms of like if our players should be like playing the level up but we do have some like very 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 good players um mm. we've got when i was i said earlier i was coaching like easily under 16 a few years ago yeah we've got a player who i coached a little bit he was in the other under 16s team but he trained with us a bit and played with for us for some games um but he's like in the first team and like in and out okay. of like the starting 11 like on the subs bench and he's like yeah. 17, 18, and he's rapid. Like He's quicker than yeah. all the men's players. <laughs> yeah. He's quicker than them all. Um, but then he is quite immature, like mentality-wise. Right. Um, right. And like discipline kind of thing. So like you get kind of thing sometimes where you can see people have ability and you might be like, yes, you can definitely play at this level. You can maybe play higher. But then you see other aspects of the game that they're probably not aware of. And you're like, that could be the thing that's going to hold you back. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he he doesn't get like, he, he can't drive yet. He can't like get, he doesn't get like lifts from his parents kind of thing. He's a kind of like kid, I guess you call him. Um, yeah. He's kind of like got to get around himself and like get to places himself. So like yeah. he shows like really good determination to like get there and stuff sometimes, but then because I think maybe like other aspects of his life, like discipline wise, it's like had a knock on effect where in a game or if someone like says something to him or someone goes in for a bad tackle, like it's not that hard for him to lose his head. Yeah. He'll react quite. Yeah. Quickly, so I think that's probably the main thing you see is sometimes you see people who have like the potential to go to maybe be doing better than they are. Or maybe they're yeah. like a younger kid. Um, I do like a lot of like one-to-one -one coaching as well. Um, yeah. So I've been coaching like t a 13 and 14-year-old boy, I think they were. Um, one of them is like really, really good. So again, for his age, uh, for that, he plays like Sunday and like JPL football, if you know what that is at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he like plays that. So the age he is, like the kind of like levels that you can play at, is not like 
top top and minimum minimum kind of thing they're like not yeah, that far yeah. off each other so in terms of that you can see like in the future it could be really good kind of thing it's just trying yeah. to like keep him interested in playing football um give him good coaching and hopefully where he plays is like team football he's got like good coaching as well yeah yeah although sometimes and- you also see players who are maybe uh, uh, especially like non-league football like Wessex kind of thing a lot of pe- yeah. people have like names because they've done something in like uh, for a previous team or like a previous season yeah you'll hear people being like oh such and such James Smith I don't know if that's a player James Smith scored <laughs> yeah. 50 odd goals last season now he's he's joined this team they're gonna be really dangerous I've seen like that happen before where someone's talked to player up and then the, f- yeah. the first game I've watched of them I'm like really like <laughs> well, that same yeah. that same guy like maybe he's having a bad day but he didn't look like he was having a bad day kind of thing it just looked like he's yeah. not as good as people have said like I think yeah. non-league football as well like like yeah like our kind of level a lot of people like say a lot of things I think it's quite funny like in the Wessex League I think because I don't follow it nearly as closely as I used to but there there is like those kind of players as you say that have like a name and reputation about them yeah and like it's weird like you'll see them kind of like flitter around like the same sort of like few clubs like in Portsmouth like they'll play for like they'll play for AFC Porchester and then they'll play for Moneyfields and then if they're good enough they might go on and play for like having a Waterlooville or Gosport and something like that but like it is it's weird like it's almost kind of like a mini football community in its own everyone knows each other because I've not been involved in like Wessex before when I came in everyone seems to know each other everyone's saying names of all these people like other teams I've never heard of and everyone just seems to yeah, know everyone yeah. instantly I'm like Jesus but I guess this is kind of the <laughs> level that most most of them are like mid-20s I guess yeah, roughly. yeah. so they played it a few years so they probably know people um, yeah yeah it was the game on the weekend was actually against US Pompey if you know them yeah 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 yeah. And then we played, I think we both played Moneyfield's preseason. And I want to say the f- Moneyfield's first team is in our first team's league, I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I, can't, I say I can't, I haven't really kept tabs on them massively recently, but yeah, we're hoping that season, preseason and start of the season have been good. Um, apart from the weekend, losing from being behind, all the performances and yeah. stuff have been good. And we've got like really good players, like got a few really good strikers really good wingers defense is pretty solid yeah. got a good goalkeeper so it's just a case of like trying to be consistent kind of thing and it's hard because obviously at this level most people just like come from work and stuff after their yeah, yeah. training and stuff so i think that kind of like, like plays an impact a bit with the players obviously they have a normal day at work and then you got to come in and coach them and get like a intense session out of them like first 10 minutes has basically got to set like the tone for the training session if it's shit then it's going to be <laughs> yeah. flat so <laughs> so is, is kind of promotion the the push that, that you guys are going for yeah yeah so the squad was like really big in pre-season because they were like trying to look at as many players as possible like yeah pre-season both teams were, like training together um first day i came it was like pre-season fitness there must have been like 40 50 players God fucking hell. Mad. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's mad. Um, and that's like mostly first team reserve players because the reserves like wasn't really a thing last year. wasn't run very well. And it's like being set up properly this year. Um, so that's kind yeah. of why they've got like me mainly coaching the reserve team. So they've got a proper coach because they've struggled to get 
like coaches in to like stay kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with the reserves as well, we have like some under eighteen players. So there's so many players in like preseason. Manager basically wants to like he wants to give everyone a chance if they can, or even to just look yeah. at them to kind of see what they can or can't do because he wants like the best options yeah, yeah, possible. Because yeah. essentially, whoever's playing the best is going to be be on the pitch the even if it's someone from the yeah. reserves has had like amazing five games three games maybe give them a chance to yeah. stick them on the bench kind of thing that's cool and it's good, the, good like mentality to have sort of thing. yeah um and also the players the, on the other end of the spectrum players who aren't playing well in the first team they'll come and play with the reserve team so they yeah. they, they can come <laughs> yeah. and help out i mean like, that's how it should guys. be that's that's how like i've always viewed like football like that's how it should be you shouldn't have like a right to be in the first team like you need to earn that position yeah especially where the club's like really trying to get promotion like if someone's yeah. not playing good enough then or if they're maybe they're playing well but they maybe they miss up that one chance in the game that would have won the game in like the 85th minute like, yeah yeah they'll yeah. probably get told about it kind of thing like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think like there's a good atmosphere though. There's a good atmosphere, like mix between it being like serious and like on game day, like manager will get in your face kind of thing and like tell you how it yeah, is. Yeah. Like it will like really tell you how it is. Um, and then in training, there's like good like jokey kind of like fun atmosphere. I'm not like a shouty yeah. kind of person. Like when I coach, yeah, I can be more when I want to be, but naturally I'm not. So yeah. if something's bad in training, I'll like act up a bit in terms of like start swearing more than I normally would. I'm normally like quite yeah, open yeah. and like jovial with players. So I'm only like go up to that level that like really needs a push kind Needed of thing. To, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And maybe not so much at Fulham because obviously you've only been there a short term, but like in terms of like your coaching sort of career, do people have people known about like the other side, like the music side of things, or is that something you've kind of no, kept no, sort of I keep, separate? I keep it secret. Um like, I think I've told a couple people here or there, but it's not like a known thing. Although on like yeah, a yeah. few football coaching courses, people will be like, "Wow, you've got like a lot of tattoos," kind of thing. Because <laughs> most people, have, yeah. most people have tattoos in football, are like black and grey portraits, stars, scripts. I don't know, fucking tribal. Zeus, tribal. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got like fucking like colourful like tradition. So like people probably yeah, look yeah. at me and think that there's something different about me but they probably can't figure out what it is um yeah 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 on a few coaching courses i've told some people just because they're like more relaxed normally but like yeah. in like my club i probably won't tell people unless it like comes up just to try and keep it yeah. as neutral as possible don't want to be like <laughs> oh so you're into like that screamo shit <laughs> <laughs> no, i'll be like i like lincoln up. park and they'll be like oh yeah i know lincoln park <laughs> yeah yeah chester r.i.p <laughs> Although there's some people, there's a lot of like Gribos who play football in like, like non like Sunday league and like casual football. Like yeah, I, yeah. I play football like a lot with like me and two of the guys in Realm play football together a lot. And like in the group we play with, there's a lot of people involved with like underground music in Southampton, like different genres. So I yeah. think at like the really low levels, there's like quite a lot of interest these days. Like people just play you know, yeah, casual, yeah. casually a lot. I remember like, this is going back years, but I remember there was like, a Sunday league team so like out the back of my house is like where AFC Porches to play yeah but there's like also like out literally like directly outside of their ground it's just like a massive playing field where like all the like Saturday and Sunday league teams play 
and like it's where like I walk my dog and stuff and I remember that it was this one time that I was like walking along and there was this guy who like you could tell like off the football pitch he probably wore like new rocks and shit like that because he just had like this massive long dyed black ponytail and stuff like that that's funny you're definitely a goth at heart (laughs) yeah some of the people i played with you probably know them because they're a little bit older than me like a couple years i think and they're they're in like the diy kind of like alternate scene yeah yeah um yeah do you remember do you know scott alexander he's one guy you might know i recognize the name i think he was in beat eastern I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he played with us for a little bit. Um, yeah, just like like random people like that. Like that's cool. Like so, some guy used to like work at Oxfam. I think he was a bit older than yeah. both of us. It's like yeah, it's weird. <laughs> great ball, Churchy. Oh, that's great ball, Churchy. Right. So yeah, as we've been like rounding off each episode which is slowly becoming my favorite part of each episode is um the fantasy 11s that people are bringing to the table made up of musicians or friends or bandmates etc um but how we kind of always open it up is johnny have you got an, a name for your team yeah so i i came up with a name really quick and then i was meant to like edit it and like think of something else and then i forgot so i'm like stuck <laughs> st- stuck with the name it's um prayer for clean sheets perfect cleansing <laughs> brilliant i like it i like it um so have we got a formation uh four two three one four two three one yeah Lovely. i was stuck so... between that and a four three three but a couple of the people yeah. a couple of the people i don't know how i've never seen them play football but i know they play football or they're like fit kind of thing okay so to like kind of Fair guess enough. what i was going for <laughs> yeah cool so how we always start between the sticks who have you got in goal um well, so initially I made it of just like random people in like big bands people would know. And I was like, nah, yeah. if anyone's listened to it, I know I'm going to do like a proper one, of like friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of people who aren't musicians, but they're like promoters. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. It's, it's all within the same yeah, bracket, yeah. isn't it? So in goal is a guy called Sheep. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, yeah, 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 I know Sheep. Yeah. So um, he was in like Honor Among Thieves. He's in... He's in, was in Swan Song. I don't know what they're doing these days. He put on Sweatfest yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. He's a Leeds fan. I don't know if he can play in goal, but he, <laughs> but he's quite tall and gangly. He'd be like one of those kind of people who would come fucking flying out and just clatter a striker 100% and just like take them out and not care because he's crazy. He just like jumps off shit at like, see him just jump off random shit at like so many shows. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> So like, and he'd just be like screaming at everyone. If no one's doing their job, he'd like probably run up to him, like grab him by the collar and be like, what the fuck? What are you saying to me? I mean, he's like, he books tours and like shit like that. So, I mean, he could definitely boss people around. (laughs) Yeah, he's like tour managed fucking 30 seconds to Mars. Bring me fucking ridiculous. He's a he's a big deal nowadays, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's nice as well. He's like, he can be nice and horrible when he needs to be kind of person. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So, who have you got in front of sheep? So, we got we got right back, Roman torment bassist Ryan Yelland. Um, right. He's a Celtic fan. I like to compare him to Scott Brown. He's like <laughs> trying to think what to say because he's listening. It'll, <laughs> if I say something too harsh, you'll be like, "You're a dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Ryan's all right at football. He's not the most technical. I don't, like well, I think when he grew up, when he grew up, he didn't have like proper coaching kind of thing. He played like Sunday league, so he knows how to play football. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
he can get up he can get up and down he can make a pass he can make a shot maybe not like the best best player at like everything but he can like do everything if that makes sense yeah um, yeah yeah if he laid off the cigarettes and drinking a bit more and he got a bit fitter i could maybe put him higher up the pitch <laughs> um but what we when we play football like me him and the other guy in round um when we, we play like seven aside in southampton um, okay so <laughs> we'll start a game and he'll say I'm going to play in this position for it. And then if he's had like a long day at work or something, or if he's not played in a little bit, we'll be like, fuck, maybe I can't do that. So I'll just stick to this other position because I can't keep going up and down kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But he's also, he can put a tackle in. Like he's not afraid to put a foot in and chat shit with the other team when it needs yeah, to be done. Yeah. So he's like a good, one of those like Scottish right backs just like get stuck in. <laughs> Might get a goal like now and then as well, like pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Centre back. The old realm bassist, Nathan Jagger, um, now lives in Morecambe. I used to live with him in Southampton. Um, so, he could, I've ne- again, I've never seen him play a football match. I don't know how he'd be in a football match. I've seen him kick a ball. He can kick a football. Um, yeah. But he's, got, he's got a k- good kicking technique. But he's just like this hard northern guy. Like, <laughs> That's what you want in yeah, defense. That's literally all I'd sum it up as. If someone like, said anything to him, he'd probably just like knock him out. <laughs> when, when we lived to, when we lived together, he got in a kerfuffle. Um, he used to work at like Halfords. He's like a big like bike guy. Yeah. So he's like riding his bike, and his taxi like pulled out in front of him or something, and, and like started on him, and he like threw his bike at the taxi driver. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so that sums that one up. Next one, next centre back, Eddie Griffiths. He um, does Upsurge Festival. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So another one I've not seen play football, but I know he plays quite regularly, like five-a-side and stuff. And okay. I think I've seen photos of him from when he's younger, so he's like always played football kind of thing. Yeah, he, yeah. Knowing, I feel like I can look at someone and like how they are and like tell if they'd be like all right at football. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen him like moshing, like just moving around. And he's like, he, he works out a lot, so he's like really athletic. So yeah. I think he'd be like quite a good like versatile centre back. He's not big, but he's strong. He'd be good on the ball, good running back, and he's clever because he like watches Man United all the time. He's a United fan. Yeah. So I think he'd be like. And again, and again, promoter is uh, organised. Yeah, he's organised exactly. He'll tell him. Well, Nathan will probably say shut up, but <laughs> we'll work on that later in training. Um, left back is I don't know if he's left footed, but this is the best option I could go with. Um, a guy called Noel McManus. Um, so he works in a tattoo shop called Kilburn Tattoo in Kilburn in London. Right. And he used to play in a hardcore band called No Direction. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like years ago. I've known him like 10 years. Um, back when I used to live in Wickham, we used to like go to like all the Wickham shows together. Yeah. Um, he's an Arsenal fan. Again, I've not seen him play football. I know, just know he's played like Sunday League and like five aside. And I, he ta- yeah, tattooed yeah. me the other week. We were like actually talking about football. Made me realise he's, oh, okay. he's like he's got good knowledge about football and like how to play football. And he said he played like yeah, yeah. He used to play like a uh, wing back for the last team he played for. Okay. And he's like he can be quite aggressive. He's quite short, but if he needs to if he needs to get stuck <laughs> in with something, he'll get stuck in with something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the defence. So then we got so we got two and three in midfield. Um, first centre mid we've got Scott Rockingham who played guitar in Blind Authority. Right. Um, so super strong. Um, we, my old, old, old band. Do you remember No Excuse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did one Euro tour. 
um, and we played a show in Slovakia with um, Blind Authority. And after yeah. after the game, we had like a I don't know, it must have been like fifteen aside match out like on the on, <laughs> on the street. It was like and it was like England v Slovakia, but they didn't have enough okay. they, they didn't have enough players, so I ended up playing for Slovakia. <laughs> <laughs> I think we won like one nil. It was like there's only one goal. There's so many players, you couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott's good. From what I saw, he's like really fit and strong as well. He's like works out yeah. a lot. He's like proper strong. Um, he'd just be like bulldog in there kind of thing, getting stuck into everything. Yeah, one next to him, similar kind of physique. A guy called Miko Matthias. He's Finnish. I've never right. seen him kick a ball. I don't know, but he's like <laughs> he's super fit. So what we're going for with like two holding is just like super fit players like win it. Miko's probably going to be more the win it, win the ball off of the players give it to Scott or play it forward kind of thing because Scott can play. Yeah. Um, but he plays in a band called Cleansing in Finland. They're like a... I don't, I don't know if they're XVX or not. I want to say they might be X... I think they're XVX. They're like a yeah. mosh metal kind of band in Finland and they're really good. So okay. people should listen to them. Um, then the front three behind the strike, kind of the front three, um, right midfield wing, a guy called Lewis Baker who played in a band called Stable Youth. I don't know if you remember them. No, it's not they, they weren't. Else. They're a band like here, like Southampton. Um, okay. One of Plead, Plead was in it. Um, oh, okay. They weren't a band for long. They were like a pop punk band kind of thing. Harry. Yeah. Oh, photographer Harry was in them as well. I always forget his, forgot his surname. That's not very good though. Um, <laughs> yeah, he plays with us on Thursday sometimes. He's got. He's good. Quite tall. Got good technique, nothing like fancy. Tries like a shot and cross now and then out of like audacious places and they'll cause keeper trouble. So it's like a yeah. he's like a good safe right winger. If he needs to get back as well, he'll probably get back now and then. Um yeah. on the left wing, Sergi Daura, who is Spanish. Got a bit of an international team. I was gonna say I'm liking this international <laughs> feel. I like it. He, he he's not in a band now, but he used to play in a band called Constrict from Barcelona. Oh yeah, 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 like nineties hardcore sounded like strife. Yeah, um, we put out their vinyl on my old label. Um, he plays like football quite a lot, like five aside in like Spain. Never seen him play, but I've, okay. I've never seen a Spanish or Portuguese player like who I've played with like casually who like isn't good like technically. Isn't good, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. every single time I've seen them, they're just like no one. It's they're... in their blood, isn't it? Yeah. So I'd have him on the left. He's quite small as well, so I imagine he'd kind of be like a David Silva kind of player. Yeah, and then center attacking midfield, second striker kind of thing. It's me, because right. the person who's going to be up front is Andy, who's the Realm of Torment drummer. So right, he's like quite big and strong. He can like power through people when he's got the ball. Um, he's got a really powerful shot on him. He scores a lot of goals. Like he's always re- trying to receive it like into feet with a, some defender on his back and like trying to spin him kind of thing. Um, okay. But when me and him play together, we do link up well quite a lot. But the problem is with Andy sometimes, if he if he gets the ball and he sees the goal, it will just like stare at his feet with the ball and try and beat like every single player around him. Like right, okay. It's some it's tunnel vision. Occasionally it will come off. Sometimes it will come off. But depending what his like mental state is for the day, if like what kind of <laughs> what kind of like frame of mind he's in for the game, it will either be like a team player or like. It will just tr- will not pass to anyone. But if I'm with him, <laughs> yeah. if I'm with him just behind him, we can like work together kind of thing. And I'm giving yeah. I'm giving myself like a free roll. 
to kind of just okay. go wherever I want. So do, do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm like, I'm quite quick and like skillful, I'd say. And like, I don't know. Yeah, kind of, I'd probably play like an Iniesta Messi kind of role in the middle, but like float about yeah. kind of thing. I thought I had to put myself in. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Oh, and so, I've, got, I've got managers. I was going to oh, say, okay. so who have you got? Who have you got controlling this group of so, group of players? I've got a manager and assistant manager. Um, okay. Assistant manager is a guy called Pat Klesinski, Polish, lives in London, another foreigner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he runs a record label called uh, Mark My Words Records. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've just put out loads of hardcore bands. Like he's put out Realm. Um, yeah. So he coaches like his. He's him. So him and one other person, the only other people I know in or around hardcore to like do coaching. Um, yeah. So he coaches like his son's team who's like under 12, like a goalkeeper. Okay. I think I was going to go and like do some coaching with them and then all this like virus stuff kicked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the manager, the actual manager, Sam Knight, who used to be in... Oh, yes. <laughs> used to be a renounced and a QPR fan, used to be in Abolition. Yeah, yeah. Crazy guy. He'd be like, do you remember that old Plymouth, I can't remember his name, that old Plymouth manager who used to say the most ridiculous, bald guy, short guy, used to say the most ridiculous things after games. I'm going to go on my phone and find out what his name oh, is. Oh, shit. I was like, yeah, I can't think now. All I can think of is, um, oh, shit, the guy that was at Blackpool and I've forgotten his name now. I'm sure I? he was a Plymouth manager. Come on. Oh, shit. All I can who am I thinking? He of? definitely was a Plymouth manager, one hundred percent. He was bald, older, and he'd just come up with like ridiculous things and just say the most yeah, ridiculous yeah. things. I'm gonna keep looking while I'm talking. Um, yeah, he'd be like that kind of manager. Um, Pat would be the more tactics kind of thing, and then Sam would yeah. just like say stuff, and then we'd be like, "What the fuck's he saying?" <laughs> but he would like kind of bring people together. Um, I was gonna say that. I could. Paul Sturrock. That's, I think that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Paul Sturrock? That rings a bell. No, it's not that one. I'll find it. Who anyway. am I th I'm thinking I'm annoyed of, that I can't remember of? who he is. I think Ian something is who I'm thinking of. It might be. Plymouth manager's old. <laughs> I'm sure he managed Plymouth. Ian, yes. Ian Holloway is who I'm thinking of. Oh, I've got a photo of him. It's not saying his name, though. Do you remember this guy? Yeah, Ian Holloway. That, yeah, oh, that is Ian Holloway. Yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam would yeah. be exactly like him. Like, he knows his stuff, but, like, he'd just put it in, like, the most ridiculous ways in, like, anecdotes <laughs> and just be, like, fun, yeah. funny at times when it's going shit and, like, bring morale up. So that's my team. I was going to say, I can't <laughs> imagine Sam, Sam being, like, a shouter on the touchline. But... <laughs> we've, got, like, a, we've got, like, a football chat. Um and any time like something ridiculous happens with QPR, he just like appears out of nowhere. Or, like, just be like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? Like, so funny. I want to, I want to get Sam on here at some point. Oh, that would, be, I'd love that. That would be so funny. <laughs> he'd do it. He'd Brilliant. do it as well. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, I think again, a really interesting starting eleven. I think we've got cohesiveness, aggression. And a bit of flair as well. So we definitely score nice... goals. I think, depending yeah, yeah. depending on how the game's going, though, we might lack in midfield because if I start losing, I'm like I'm not going to help the defense out. I'm just going to wait at the top. <laughs> just get the just get the ball to me up here and make it happen. <laughs> Same yeah, with Andy. Yeah. Andy doesn't like defending. <laughs> Fair. 
Perfect. Right. Well, we'll kind of start rounding things off. Um, again, we're not going to have a Monday edition this week because internationals are kind of throwing off my attention span for wanting to care <laughs> this weekend. Um, but before I let you go, Johnny, is there anything you want to shout out? Like anything going on with Realm? Like what's what's happening in your world um, at the moment? There's not much going on with Realm. Well, I'm doing me and Jack, Jack Aubrey, doing a podcast like literally after this at like eight o'clock. Like oh, maybe being interviewed for like a, this. I'll give that a shout out. It's probably the most relevant thing at the minute. Um, it's called the Hardcore Project. They've only done two right. episodes so far. It's basically just interviewing bands and talking to them. So me and Jack are going nice. going on that. I assume it will be out next week or something. Um, we're in the early stages of sorting some merch out for something which isn't merch like something <laughs> okay. that something that like when people see it it's only come out well only like maybe became an option this afternoon um yeah one of our friends has like recently started like a biz like a side business and, okay um jack and dave like ordered from what his business is um and basically he said oh we should sort out like a collab collab kind of thing for like what his business yeah. is and, like a realm like version of it kind of thing Okay. So I won't say what it is if anyone like knows, no, or, knows, knows, say, knows what we're doing. I'm intrigued anything. now. But like it's really weird and different. When people see it, they'll be like, that's kind of cool. I think. Yeah. If if people are into what it, what the thing is, because like it's nothing to do with like merch or anything. It's something you'd have in yeah. your, something you'd have in your house. That's all I'll say. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. Cool. It, I'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure at some point throughout the season, Johnny, I'll still I'll have you on here again, but Really appreciate you kind of coming on and joining me. Um, hope everything goes well promotion-wise for Foland. I was going to say, yeah. we could do a promotion special if we get promoted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> man, definitely. Or do, a, yeah. do like a live live Twitch on like, I don't know, tro <laughs> trophy parade day. <laughs> yeah, man, sounds good. Cool. Cheers, yeah, cheers for cheers having me on. Dude. I'm glad you're, you've actually got to doing it after saying you might do it. <laughs> yeah, man, perfect.